Good morning. Good morning. Uh, welcome to my crisis today. Today is my crisis prayer. Um, Jesus' disciples ask him how to pray. He goes, here's how you do it. If you know it, say it with me, and, and I'll show you where it's at. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Stop. You ever pray that last line? I have prayed that prayer thousands of times in my life, and I wish I could take it all back. Here it is. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Would you pray, Lord, bless me the way I bless others. Heal me the way I heal others. Raise me the way I raise others, right? It's the as that I got no business with. I don't want as, I want despite, right? <laughs> but it's not what he says. And in case we miss it or try to sidestep this landmine, immediately, in, in, in Matthew's rendition of this, immediately when Jesus finishes teaching him the Lord's Prayer, listen to these exact next words that he says. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Okay, period, get rid of the rest. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Bloody A, Jesus. All right? Each phrase of the Lord's Prayer encapsulates a worldview. And within this worldview is the idea of how central forgiveness is and how a life of forgiveness is just as important. Guys, today, I just want to share some observations with you as I've been wrestling through this passage and thinking about it and trying to come to terms with it. Some, some things that hopefully uh, not only help you in your prayer life, but help you just in your life. Um, as you approach this, and, and as Jesus kind of challenges us and pins us to the mat with something like this, and off the bat, I don't think we can rush this point right here. We need forgiveness. This counters the idea that everything is okay. It is a direct challenge on the worldview by Jesus that somehow I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. We need forgiveness. We've been um, doing this reading thing through the Psalms here at FOF since uh, basically the beginning of September. In a couple weeks as we were getting ago, when, when I was getting ready for this, came across Psalm 14. And um, it, it struck me as, as I was reading it. I just want to read a portion of this to you today. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. But listen to what else the fool does. They're corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on, on people, on the sons of men, to see if there are any who understand 
any who seek God. All have turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. This is at least the Bible's assessment of me and you. This is Jesus' assessment of me and you. Let me read that line again. There is no one who does good, not even one. Kyle had you share the piece a moment ago. I'd like you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're no good, all right? Uh, You enjoyed that way too much. (laughs) There's like someone in the back, like, I won't do it. (laughs) This is the Bible's assessment of who we are. And so rooted in in, in the core, in the nucleus of this, this prayer that Jesus teaches, forgive us. Forgive us. We need Forgiveness. And depending on which way you read it, where you read the Lord's Prayer, whether in Matthew or Luke, it'll come out in different ways. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That kind of makes sense. But Matthew spins it like this. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who owe us. It's kind of a different way of thinking about it, isn't it? Question. Do you think of yourself as owing God? As having an obligation to God that you're required to pay? Was watching game three, not last night, but the night before, when they lose, it all blends together for me. Um, Did you see it? Did did you watch the pregame interviews they were having with Cub fans around Wrigley. There's this one guy that must have been like a Cubs fan since 1922, I swear. And, and, and he got a, this was his exact line. You know, I was talking to the big guy upstairs, and I told him, you owe us one. <laughs> Did you catch that? Right? Did you see that live? Think about it, though. Do you think about God that way? Does God owe you one? Do you think about God as somehow being indebted, obligated, or entitled to give you something? Because Jesus, I'll tell you, at least in Matthew, at least in the way he says it there, flips that thinking completely on its head. Forgive us our debts. Our debts to who? The government? To the bank? No, forgive us our debts to you. Because I'm obligated to you. I'm not obligated to you in some weird sense like like you blessed me so now there's like some hidden price tag involved. No, there are things you demand of me. There are things you say I need to do. I'm indebted to you. Forgive us our debts. Have you ever looked at your debts and went, how on earth? We need forgiveness. Or I like how the old King James puts it. It's how we say it because, let's face it, we can't break the 1600s, right? Forgive us our trespasses. You ever think about what that actually means? Have you ever trespassed? Like you're hanging out in a creepy old cemetery when you shouldn't. Why you'd be doing that, I don't know, but you are. 
And they're like, get out of here, right? We were, uh, we were at the Woodstock Opera House, Tina and I, this past Thursday. They were doing a, a it was a one-woman show retelling the novel, the story, Dracula. Have you ever read it? I don't mean seen it. Have you ever read the original? This woman had like the thing memorized, got up, and did an abridged one-woman show of Dracula. We were there, and there's this part, and I don't think that's a spoiler. It happens early if you ever choose to read. When Jonathan Harker is going to Transylvania, and he meets Count Dracula for the first time. And just like every horror movie that has built on its foundation ever since, the creep factor is growing. You know, things aren't right. Things are eerie. The sky's too dark. The wolves are too loud. The trees are just a little too... Eh. Stuff is just ew. And then you come to the big, creepy, gothic castle. And the door opens... And Dracula, in his words, Jonathan Harker, welcome. Welcome. I'm not going to even try to say it in her voice, all right? <laughs> welcome to my home. Enter of your own accord. To which you're sitting there going like, don't go in there, man. Don't cross that line. Because there's vampires in there. And you cross that line, you don't just get to step out again. You cross that line, bad stuff happens. What is God crying out? Don't cross that line. Don't trespass. Don't do it. Forgive us our trespasses, God. We need forgiveness. I want you to think right now. And, and do this. Do, do this with a, a, a modicum of sincerity, okay? Think of some of the lines that you've trespassed with God. Or think of some of the ways that you are obligated to him, how you owe him. Or, or maybe this. Think of, just think of some of the things that you regret. Some of the things that bring the guilt factor and the shame factor into your life. You know those things that if you can go back and do it differently, you would? Do you have a couple of those? Do, do some of them come to mind like that? Doesn't it reveal something? It's not okay. We're not okay. We need forgiveness so desperately. A moment, of on, a moment of honest reflection for me always pins me to the wall going, I, I'm not right before him. I, I, I need this. I want this. It makes me think of some of the Psalms. I mean, you know this one from Psalm 103. Oh, Lord, if you kept a record of sin, who could stand? I think of this one from Psalm 51, where he writes, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. 
Wash away, wash it away, my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Have you ever felt that way? I know it. I'm not guessing. I know it. I know my transgression and it it, it haunts me. Hangs around my neck. My sin is always before me. We need forgiveness. And so Jesus invites us to pray. Forgive us. Because Jesus, Jesus died to give it. When Jesus died on that cross in 30 AD, guys, listen to this. It was to forgive your sins. He didn't get caught unaware. It wasn't the end of some failed revolution. Oh, that didn't work out. No, he went there intentionally. The gospel writers are clear about this, that God went to Jerusalem, that, that Jesus went to Jerusalem with a mission. He went to the cross with a mission, knowing full well what would happen and going full well to do it for you. Jesus died to give what you and I so desperately need. One of my favorite verses is how Paul says this. It's unique for him because it's short and terse. But he writes, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for us once we got our act together. He didn't die for us once we kind of paid the debts to God. He didn't die for us once we got up to a certain likability factor in God. No, while we were still transgressing, debting, owing, sinning, while we were mired in it, he died for you. He died for you. And in the metaphorical way, took your sins and nailed them to a cross in his body. He said, here, sin, the sin is right here, like the cosmic sponge, absorbing and taking every sin and debt and transgression. Jesus died for you. And so Jesus invites us to pray to God because of him, forgive us. Not having to wonder, will he? Not having to just kind of throw it out to heaven. You ever feel like you throw a prayer out to heaven like a Hail Mary pass? You're like, what do I got to lose? Just chuck that sucker out there and hopefully someone catches it on the other side. You ever do that? It's okay, you can admit it. When Jesus died on the cross, it's like there's no more Hail Mary passes. This one you can be sure of. This one you can be confident of. Look to what I've done. Forgiven. You are forgiven. You can count on it. You can bank on it. You can trust on it. You can pray for it boldly. And not in some ways like every time I sin, I got to like kind of ask it because otherwise, oh, what have you? No. Coming to me because of what I've done, which does raise a question to me of why do we say it? 
If he did it and it's taken care of, why, why pray it? I mean, I get the first time, right? Coming to this place of faith, having never received Christ's forgiveness before and saying, Jesus, forgive me for what I've done. I get it the first time, but why do we keep saying it if it's already done? Well, yeah, here, here's what I think. It's because I'm sorry heals relationships. And guys, Christianity is a relationship. It is not a belief system. It is not a moral code. It is not a set of rituals and spiritual practices. I mean, it, 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 it energizes things like that. It, it gives perspective to things like that. But at its core, it's something so much deeper. Christianity is having a relationship, a right relationship with God. And just like any relationship we have, there are those times, aren't they? Aren't there? When we do something to wound and damage it? And why is it, can I ask you, that we as humans have developed a propensity of wounding most deeply those whom we love most dearly? Have you noticed this? Who do you have your most vicious fights with? Isn't it your best friend? Your parent? Your spouse? Isn't it in the places that we are closest that we tend to do things to each other, sometimes unintentionally, but come on, sometimes knowing full well what we're up to, but we just don't care enough to do it another way, or we care about something more, that we bring hurt and havoc in, into the relationships of those whom we love the most, and what do we do in times like that? I know some of you are, well, we pout until time takes it away, right? All of us know that doesn't take us very far. Have you ever noticed in your relationships how far two simple words go? I'm sorry. Why do we pray it? Because we have a relationship with God. See, in the beginning of this thing called the Lord's Prayer, Jesus invites us to think about God, to approach God in a very specific way. You remember what it is? Our dad. Dad. And not some messed up, deadbeat, cruel, or abusive dad. Not some indifferent, checked out, self-absorbed kind of dad. The epitome of what dad is supposed to be. Jesus says, think about God that way, dad. Paul will even write it this way, daddy. Just so weird to say, hey, daddy. Ooh, just, it's creepy, but it's cool, you know? And we hurt our relationship with our dad. We hurt our dad. There's things we do that make him sad, tick him off, that let him down. 
that disappoint them. It's incredible how far the words, I'm sorry, go in a situation like that. And just as healing is brought in our human relationships with other people, with the words, I'm sorry, there's something cathartic and healing in it with God as well. Are you feeling on the outs with God today? Are you feeling like Adam and Eve in the garden where you're hiding from him just a little bit? Because to come to him face to face would reveal in your life the ways you've hurt him. Jesus says, when you come and pray, say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Because I want to be right with you again. Not because I got to win you back. Because you're still my dad even when I hurt you but because I want this relationship to grow and to thrive and to be filled with something like joy instead of something like embarrassment or shame. Again, there's something powerful in learning to say to God, I'm sorry. And then Jesus caps it off. Forgive us our Will you fill in the word sin, debt, trespass? Forgive us our, as we, because we. Forgive us as, that's how Matthew's version puts it. Forgive us as we forgive others. Forgive us in the same way, in the same manner, in the same likeness that we forgive others, Matthew will say. Luke, a little bit differently. The Gospel of Luke. Forgive us because... God, you do it because we do it. Whichever way you approach it, it's getting the same kind of core thing. Somehow and in some way, God's forgiveness and our lifestyle of forgiveness are inextricably linked. I think praying something like forgive us as or forgive us because has a way of confronting us in our own kind of selfish, self-centered tendency to make it all about me. You know what I mean? How often do we approach our relationship with God in a what's in it for me kind of way? God, what are you doing for me? How are you blessing me? How are you taking care of me? What's in it for me? Where God becomes just a means to an end, be that my happiness or my security or, or my world here. Forgive us as, forgive us because. It, 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 it kicks it in the teeth. I mean, it, it throws it on its head. We, we pray it and Jesus invites us to pray it, not only because it's the right thing to do, but because it challenges us in that place to go, it's not just about me. See, forgiving and asking for forgiveness, it, it, it crushes pride 
And pride puts a stranglehold on repentance. Forgive us as, forgive us because, I think forces us to continually go to that place to remember that forgiveness is in fact this, difficult. And guys, don't beat around the bush with this. It is. Forgiveness is difficult. Have you ever struggled to forgive someone? Have you ever forgiven someone only for it to kind of keep coming back again and again? You're like, I thought I was past that. I thought I forgave him. And then the same emotions, the same anger, the same thoughts, they come swelling in again. And it <clears throat> Forgiveness is hard. And I think the danger for us who seek to follow Jesus and who seek his forgiveness, I think the danger for us as we begin to take it so flippantly we start to think it's easy. It's God, right? It's easy. I mean, how often do we conduct our lives and live in such a way as though what Jesus did for us is kind of like afterthought? Not taking the gravity of what he had to suffer and therefore how difficult to forgive it was even for God himself, praying forgive us as, forgive us because, forces us to go back into that world again and again, going, God, it's tough for me, but it was tough for you. May I never take that for granted. May I never treat that lightly. May I never treat it as a throwaway. Something, ah, he forgave me, what's the big deal? Let me feel the weight of exactly what you have done for me. Forgive us as. There's this one story Jesus tells where he wants to drive this home so deeply. It's a little bit longer, but it's worth reading to you today in full. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Okay, you got to get the sense. Up, up to seven times? You know, pull up his big boy pants there, ain't I awesome, right? Nah, Jesus answered, I tell you, that's seven. But 70 times seven. <laughs> Bloody A, Jesus. Let me tell you about this, Peter. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wants to settle accounts with his servant. And as he begins settle, uh, the settlement, a man who owed him, who owed him, let me translate, $500 billion dollars was brought in. Something tells me that Dave Ramsey's debt snowballing is not going to help <laughs> in this situation. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that they, be, all that they had and all that they were, that all that he had be sold to repay the debt. 
The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. All right, that is really throwing a Hail Mary pass out there if I've ever seen one. But instead, the servant's master took pity on him. Cancel the debt. 500 billion, canceled it. And let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him about 50 grand. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. But likewise, his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. Be patient with me. I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were, in the greatest understatement of all time, greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to? Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in his anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This, Jesus says, is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from the heart. Forgive us as we forgive those. Jesus invites us in this prayer into a reality that we don't like. But have you ever noticed how reality stays reality even if we don't like it? He invites us into a reality that we don't like to show us just how inextricably linked God's forgiveness and our forgiveness can be. Forgive us because, Luke says, it's actually a little bit different spin for me. If forgive us as is kind of do it, like do it in the same way. Forgive us because is almost a challenge to God, isn't it? You do it because I did it. You ever want to pray it that way? It's like, like which is worse, you know? You could, you could pick. There's two, 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 two places the Lord's Prayer are written out. Forgive us because. Pray that way, it does something a little bit differently. Suddenly, the way we forgive starts to become a sign. You ever want a sign from God? I'll give you one. Forgive someone else. It's a sign. Go with me on the logic of this. Have you ever carried a degree of guilt or shame that you just couldn't shake? You've asked for forgiveness. You know the scriptures say that you're forgiven. 
but you don't feel forgiven. You've gone to the person, you've tried to make it right, you've asked them for their forgiveness. They said, I forgive you. They give you a hug. Rainbows appear. But you still don't feel forgiven. You know what I'm talking about, right? And you carry it. And you carry it. And you start to question. And you start to wonder, am I forgiven? Has God actually forgiven me? Why do I still feel this way? Why can't I shake it? Am I actually right with him? I know it says I am, but it feels so differently. Jesus says, forgive us because we forgive those. It's a way of saying this. If I forgive those who sinned against me, how much more confident can I be that a God who is so much infinitely better than me is going to do at least the very same? When you forgive someone else, it not only heals that relationship, it becomes a sign from God that just as you've forgiven, you can trust and hold on to the promise that a God who's so much better than you forgives you too. The next time you're struggling, struggling because you can't shake that feeling of unforgiveness, just go and forgive someone who's hurt you and hold on to the promise of God in the midst. Forgive us as, forgive us because. That's how Jesus invites us to pray. Because for him, forgiveness is absolutely central to everything. And a life of forgiveness. we need it. Forgive us, God, because you've given it. Forgive us, God, and let's, let's heal this rift as we forgive those who sin against us. I'd like to invite you to rise and pray. I want to invite you to, uh, we'll, we'll take a time today, invite you to maybe do just that. In these next moments together, before we pray together, just in your own quiet way, in your heart, ask God's forgiveness where you need it, where you're unaware of it. Ask him, ask him for all the ways you've brought damage and hurt into your relationship with him and with others. If you're here and you're harboring a grudge, if you have a bitterness towards someone, 
are struggling to forgive or won't forgive. Ask God to come into that place too. To confront you and to forgive you and to lead you in it to what is so important to him.